I mean, some more proof of your diffusion theory of extraterrestrial culture. And have you any idea why I'm going to Jupiter to look for it? Well, not exactly. I suppose you hope to find something on one of the moons. Brilliant, Bill. Brilliant. There are fifteen known satellites, and their total area is about half that of Earth. Where would you start looking if you had a couple of weeks to spare? I'd rather like to know. Bill glanced doubtfully at the professor, as if he almost suspected him of sarcasm. I don't know much about astronomy, he said, but there are four big moons, aren't there? I'd start on those. For your information, Io, Europa, Ganymede and Callisto are each about as big as Africa. Would you work through them in alphabetical order? No, Bill replied promptly. I'd start on the one nearest Jupiter and go outward. (sighs) I don't think we'll waste any more time pursuing your logical processes, sighed the professor. He was obviously impatient to begin his set speech. Anyway, you're quite wrong. We're not going to the big moons at all. They've been photographically surveyed from space, and large areas have been explored on the surface. They've got nothing of archaeological interest. We're going to a place that's never been visited before. Not to Jupiter, I gasped. Heavens, no, nothing as drastic as that. But we're going nearer to him than anyone else has ever been. He paused thoughtfully. It's a curious thing, you know— or you probably don't, that it's nearly as difficult to travel between Jupiter's satellites as it is to go between the planets, although the distances are so much smaller. This is because Jupiter's got such a terrific gravitational field, and his moons are travelling so quickly. The innermost moon's moving almost as fast as Earth, and the journey to it from Ganymede costs almost as much fuel as the trip from Earth to Venus, even though it takes only a day and a half. And it's that journey which we're going to make. No one's ever done it before, because nobody could think of any good reason for the expense. Jupiter 5 is only 30 kilometers in diameter, so it couldn't possibly be of much interest. Even some of the outer satellites, which are far easier to reach, haven't been visited because it hardly seemed worthwhile to waste the rocket fuel. Then why are we going to waste it? I asked impatiently. The whole thing sounded like a complete wild goose chase, though as long as it proved interesting and involved no actual danger, I didn't greatly mind. Perhaps I ought to confess, though I'm tempted to say nothing, as a good many others have done, that at this time I didn't believe a word of Professor Forster's theories. Of course, I realised that he was a very brilliant man in his field, but I did draw the line at some of his more fantastic ideas— After all, the evidence was so slight, and the conclusions so revolutionary, that one could hardly help being sceptical. Perhaps you can still remember the astonishment when the first Martian expedition found the remains not of one ancient civilization, but of two. Both had been highly advanced, but both had perished more than five million years ago. The reason was unknown, and still is— It did not seem to be warfare, as the two cultures appear to have lived amicably together. One of the races had been insect-like, the other vaguely reptilian. The insects seemed to have been the genuine, original Martians.
The reptile people, usually referred to as Culture X, had arrived on the scene later. So, at least, Professor Forster maintained. They had certainly possessed the secret of space travel, because the ruins of their peculiar, cruciform cities had been found on, of all places, Mercury. Forster believed that they had tried to colonize all the smaller planets, Earth and Venus having been ruled out because of their excessive gravity. It was a source of some disappointment to the Professor that no traces of Culture X had ever been found on the Moon, though he was certain that such a discovery was only a matter of time. The conventional theory of Culture X was that it had originally come from one of the smaller planets or satellites, had made peaceful contact with the Martians, the only other intelligent race in the known history of the system, and had died out at the same time as the Martian civilization. But Professor Forster had